Welcome to Action Chapel International. We are one church in many locations worldwide. We are so excited that you took the time to join us today to feed on God's word and to enrich your spirit. We know that your life will never be the same. Now please join us for this powerful message. Hallelujah. This morning, it's good to have you in the house. We thank God for every one of you. I look forward for great times and possibilities, fulfillment and manifestations of every word of God concerning you and I shall be done in the name of Jesus. Tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I feel strongly led to proclaim a 72 hours fast for the whole church, home and abroad. We live in very interesting, challenging, and trying times. I believe that this pandemic is something that the enemy just sent to test the water and to see what the nations of the world would do to determine his next plan and attack on the world. And we can't be ignorant of the devices of the adversary lest he gains advantage over us. We cannot be ignorant because it's not just something that just happened. The enemy planned it and it's like, let's go out there, test the water, see what the nations will do, how to handle it, and to determine our next plan and attack. And as intercessor and the body of Christ, we cannot hold our peace. We must cry out for heaven's intervention to overturn this conspiracy and wickedness. And I see in the realms of the spirit, a rain is raining but it's not touching the people. It's like it's raining a heavy outpour, outpouring, but it's not touching the people. It's not touching the people and it's not getting to the land. So even though it's raining, it's not touching lives. And I can appreciate and understand what's going on, that unless we remove some of the unseen barriers that is holding back the manifestations of our expectations and the manifestations of people's blessings and breakthroughs, especially those in the private sector, professionals, people who own businesses. If we don't do something, the trick of the enemy is to weary us, get us to a place to weary us where we literally give up our faith and believe in God because of the sufferings and the hardship, the frustration, the disappointment, the delays. And this is being done by some master spirits that are very good at what they do and the is to weary you and I and get us to a place where we stop believing as we ought to believe. So the Bible said that this kind goeth not out except by fasting and prayer. And so for the next 72 hours, we're going to gather, pray three times a day. I'm requiring that we pray three times a day. Pray in the morning, pray in the afternoon, pray in the evening. We'll give you scriptures, prayer points. We need to stay on it because some of the conspiracies don't make sense. Those of you who have been watching Dominion Television on DSTV, if you see for some few days now, we've been off the air. Every other channel is on air, except Dominion Television. We pull strings from the US technicians to Spain, to South Africa, to the best. And they get so close and they still can decode. They still can resolve it. It's like a mystery that must be demystified and resolved. Then this morning, one of the main cameras we use to broadcast light just caught fire for no reason. Then the main box, that takes the feed from here and sends it live on streaming to the whole world just for whatever reason broke down. All of these are reactions telling us something that somebody is upset, somebody is angry, somebody is reacting and this is not the time to sit down or to stand down. This is the time to stand our ground and command the forces of evil to take their hands off. This is the time to tell the enemy, you stand down, relinquish your powers, take your hands off and let the blood of Jesus speak. Let the blood of Jesus be applied. Can you put your hands together for one minute? Pray. Pray for the service. Pray for Dominion Television. Pray. Amen. We need to get into the word. We'll come back to prayer. Uh, I'm told that they use another channel to get us on my Facebook, but the main system 
that gets us online is still not working. So we have to use another channel to come online through my Facebook. Lift up both of your hands, say, Heavenly Father, let your spirit help, empower, enable your son, your servant, Archbishop, Nicholas, Duncan Williams, to deliver to your expectation as never before. In the name of Jesus, let the limits and the embargoes on this service, this house, and the voice of your servant be broken and lifted as we put our hands together in the name of Jesus. Let it break and be lifted. Broken and lifted. Broken and lifted. In the name of Jesus, my voice will not be silenced. My voice will not be silenced. In the name of Jesus, my voice will not be undermined. I will not be silenced. Kodila Gadasita Ayala Makutuliki Satalahasas Elika Tunda Basaya. Lift up your hands. Say, I proclaim by divine authority that my voice will not be silenced in the land of the living, nor in the realms of the spirit. Say, I will not be silenced by any force, by the elements, by creation, by disembodied spirit, by any man, by any woman, by any systems. In the name of Jesus, by any vehicle or tool or weapon of the enemy, I will not be silenced. In the name of Jesus, say, I will cry out the more. I will cry out the more. I will cry out the more. Declare it, I will cry out the more. I will not be silenced. I will cry out the more. It is good to desire. I will not be silenced. I will cry out the more. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. It's good to have you back in church. And for those of you who are able to uh, get online through my Facebook, you can text us all around. Tell your friends that they can reach us online. We have been speaking about the person of the Holy Spirit for some weeks now. And since, as a matter of fact, we started dealing with this topic, there have been all kinds of reactions. Say reactions. But this morning we override reaction. See, I override. By the hand of the Lord, I override reactions in the heavens, in the air, on land, and on water. By the blood of Jesus, I override reactions of any kind, shape, or form. In the name of Jesus, say amen. But we will continue to stay with it because this is the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. The Bible said that in the times past, God spoke through his prophets that in the present time he has spoken through his son and his son also is speaking and making it clear to you and I that this is the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. He said he has to go so that the Holy Spirit, the other comforter will come. So this is the day and the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. May I subject and submit to you ladies and gentlemen that there is no substitute for the Holy Spirit. As much as systems are good, organization is good, order is necessary and critical, and advertisements and all the things we do in church is great and is good. None of those things can take the place of the Holy Spirit. And none of those things converts souls or save or redeem souls except the Holy Spirit and the fire of the Holy Spirit. The strategy of the enemy is to get us so organized and busy in doing every other thing, get into innovations and all kinds of things and ignore the Holy Spirit. And if we ignore the Holy Spirit, the church is finished. I was watching a documentary on CNN yesterday and they were showing churches in Europe that were used to be packed, full of souls with the power of the Holy Spirit, empty, and they've turned it to nightclubs and all kinds of things that it shouldn't have been and they were showing empty buildings all across Europe the move of God is gone and that is what happens when we allow what makes sense to man to replace the Holy Spirit who has come to guide us to be with us and to help us he is our guy he leads the church this is the dispensation of the Holy Spirit ladies and gentlemen we can't do without him. We need him like never before. If we turn our back on him, we are finished. We don't exist anymore. And we must be sensitive.
to the leads, to the guides, to the promptings of the Holy Spirit as never before. For there is no other way for the church to survive without the Holy Spirit. Please come to me this morning. I want to look at some few things about some of the things that grieves the Holy Spirit. Uh, before we talk about the manifestations of the Spirit, I want you to see and be clear about some of the things that grieves the Holy Spirit. And then we want to talk about the personality of the Holy Spirit or the character of the Holy Spirit. Because most times we talk about the manifestations of the Spirit, but we don't talk about the character. And the character of the Holy Spirit or the personality of the Holy Spirit, one of them is a dove. He's fire, he's water, he's wind, he's so many things. But we need the fruits of the Spirit, which is character. When we lack character, we don't make it. Somebody asked me the other day, he said, what are, what are some of the things that you so wish could have been corrected as some of the regrets you live with? And we, have, we all have regrets. And I said, I have many regrets in life. One of the first regrets <clears throat> I have in life is the fact that I married very young, around 23, getting to 24, and won't listen to my father, and just did what I wanted. And uh, I said to him, I said, marriage is not the way you feel. Marriage is not just love. It's not just chemistry or romance. Marriage is understanding. It's understanding. Understanding determines one's level of maturity. And when you lack understanding, you walk in misunderstanding. And anything you do, during the time of misunderstanding, you're building on the wrong foundation. And it doesn't matter how righteous you might be, how holy you might be. If you are building on misunderstanding because you lack understanding of something, that thing will not stand the test of times, no matter how many scriptures you quote. And I realize that there are so many things and so many people struggling and failing in life because they lack understanding about a particular thing they are into. And so they are doing it to the best of their ability based on misunderstanding. The Bible said if the foundations be destroyed, what will the righteous do? And if you are building with misunderstanding, then misunderstanding leads to abuse and error. You will abuse what you don't understand. You will mishandle what you don't understand. You only appreciate what you have understanding of. And the Bible said, in all thy gettings, get understanding. Then the next thing I said was, I have regrets about certain people I helped that I shouldn't have helped. And that is a very deep saying. And uh, before you make any conclusions and pass any judgment, please take time to reflect that there are people I helped in life, in ministry, that I shouldn't have helped them. I should have taken time to get to know them and I should have gone past their capacity or gifts or anointings. And I said that anointings and gifts don't reveal who you are. Beauty is not enough to make marriage work. Love, romance, looks is not enough. And I was telling Bishop Buddha that the woman in John chapter 4 was beautiful. She was very good in romance and many things. So she could capture the men, but she couldn't maintain or keep them. She married five times and it failed because she didn't have the character and the grace and the temperament to maintain what she captured. So she attracted the men. She got them. She couldn't hold on to it because she hadn't developed the character to maintain it. And I was watching this tape and it talks about politics and people in power and all that. And it cuts across all levels of society. And one of the regrets is the fact that when you don't check people's character and who they are before you open a door for them, you might end up regretting because people don't change when they are exposed to money or power or fame. They don't change. They are still who they are. But money, power, and fame reveals, amplifies what was always in them. So whatever you see anybody become when they get into power or have money or fame is not anything new. It's the same person. But money and power and fame is designed by God to reveal, to amplify, and to show you what has always been in your heart that never came out and was hidden. The Bible said in the book of Deuteronomy that he fed you with manna 
that he might humble thee to show you what is in your heart. So money, power, and fame reveals who you truly are and what is in you. And those are some of the regrets I've had in life that I didn't take time to really get to know people, not their gifts or eloquence, not their charisma, and not their power or gifting or anointing or capacity, but character, because that is what stands the test of time. When men and women lack character, it doesn't matter what their giftings are, they will betray you. Anyway, Genesis 6 and 3. Genesis 6 and 3. And the Lord said, My spirit shall, and the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, and that he, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. My spirit shall not strive with man forever. And he's talking about the person of the Holy Spirit, that he will not strive with you and I. He will not be in conflict with us. He's our helper, our guide. He's here to guide, to help us. He's our teacher. But he's not going to be in strife and in conflict with us every day. One of the reasons why we need to keep being filled with the Holy Spirit is because of the ongoing conflict between our flesh and the Holy Spirit. That the flesh wants dominance. Our spirit wants dominance. So whoever we yield to on any particular day in our lives has the upper hand. So we can yield to the Holy Spirit today through our spirit and it has dominance. And then tomorrow we can yield to the flesh or the emotions and whoever we submit or yield to has dominance. But it's an ongoing thing. And that's why Jesus said, if you will follow me, take up your cross, deny yourself on daily basis. It's not a one-time denial. It's an everyday self-denial that you deny yourself. You are empty of self and void of ego and of self. And until we come to that place where self don't matter, ego does not matter, and you and I don't matter, but what, God's, what matters the most is what God wants or requires of us, we can walk in the spirit and we can live in the spirit. We we'll end up living with reasoning and in the soul realm and in the flesh, and that does not help us. The first time God determined the age of man was in Genesis 6-3, where he categorically stated that the numbers of our years will be 120. He never spoke to that anymore until David spoke to this situation. David spoke to this situation and talked about 70 and by grace 80 and beyond. Lift up your right hand, say in the name of Jesus, I proclaim on authority that I will cross 70 and beyond with ease. I will cross 80 and beyond with ease. I will cross 90 and beyond with ease. I will cross 100 and beyond with ease. And I will not die prematurely. In the name of Jesus, amen. Put your hands together and say amen. So please understand that this was the first time God reduced the age of man and Moses lived 120, but it was David that spoke to this and said 70 and by grace 80 and beyond. So long life is a possibility, and we can live 120. We can live 120. Uh, my grandmother passed at the age of 109, and she wasn't born again. So we can live 120. We just have to know how to take care of the temple. And that's why I encourage you to pass by the clinic every now and then and see what we are doing that with Dr. Z and uh, get some help. Don't be greedy and selfish. Don't be ignorant and don't sit on money, use money to buy good dresses and everything, but don't spend money to stay healthy. It's very dangerous. Amen. So it's important that we understand that the Spirit of God is not going to strive with us forever. That means the Holy Spirit is, is a gentle spirit. He's not going to go out of his way to strive with you, fight with you, and get your attention. He will just whisper. He will give you leads and direction, and he expects you to cooperate, to work with him. So it's important that we as church leaders and children of God, every one of us must endeavor to recognize on daily basis the place of the Holy Spirit, the importance of the Holy Spirit in all of our lives. See, I hear you. John chapter 14 and the 16 to the 17 verse. 
And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. So the Holy Spirit is a comforter. He comforts us. And as never before, you and I need the comfort of the Holy Spirit in this wicked and diabolical world and generation. We need the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Go ahead, please. That he may be, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, mm -hmm. because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. So under the Old Testament dispensation, the Spirit was upon them. It came upon them. But under the New Testament dispensation, it comes upon us and in us and with us. Three levels of operation. On us, in us, with us. John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said. So it's important to understand that he's a comforter, he's a teacher, and he has the ability to bring to our remembrance all things that we need to know, like scriptures at every given time of our lives. When we face particular situations and we are in prayer, like embarking on these 72 hours, the Holy Spirit will quicken and will bring to our remembrance specific scriptures which are critical, necessary to the particular challenge or situations we are dealing with. And it's the Holy Spirit that does that. And he doesn't just remind us also of things, but he has the ability also to erase out of our memories things that brings pain, divine editing, divine editing. He has the ability to edit out of our subconsciousness and our memories. Pain, <clears throat> pain, pain. The Bible said a wounded spirit who can bear. There are things that we need the Holy Spirit to help us. <clears throat> we need the Holy Spirit to edit it because as long as you keep thinking, as long as you keep bringing it up, you will keep feeling the pain. And as human, when you feel the pain, you react. And anytime you react, you miss it. God does not react. God responds. He doesn't react. There's a difference between responding to a situation and reacting. It's two different things. Reacting is when you act on your emotions, the way you are feeling, on the pain, the anger, the offense, the bitterness. But responding is when you assess the situation very well and intelligently, skillfully, wisely address the situation. It's two different things. The enemy wants us to react instead of responding to the situation. And whenever you feel the pain of whatever was done to you, and there are people who say, I will never forgive you, or I will never forget what you have done to me. That is carnality. That is flesh. That is below the belt. That is not Christian. That is not Christ-like. That is man. The fallen nature of man speaking. God expects you and I to be able to forget. But we cannot forget without the help of the Holy Spirit. We need him to edit some of those things to the point where you can talk about the same thing and not feel the pain. And one of the things I've learned over the years, and I say to people and my children, is that what you keep talking about or you keep making reference to or you keep bringing up every now and then, you keep it alive. But what you don't talk about dies a natural death. And as much as possible, we must allow things to die a natural death. Stop reminding your husband, stop reminding your wife, your kids, or your parents, or your friends and loved ones of the wrong they've done to you. Because as long as you keep bringing it up, you'll keep feeling the pain. And if you feel the pain, you will never let it go. It brings back all kinds of memories and it can make you a bitter person in life. And these are some of the things that grieves the Holy Spirit. Come with me, please, to John 16, 7 and 8. John 16, 7 and 8. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. You see, so 
the Holy Spirit is the one that convicts. No amount of talking can convict people. He is the only one who can convict people of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. And I have come to this realization long time ago, even with my own biological children or spiritual children, that I cannot convict them. The best I do is to speak wisdom with grace, with love. Speak truth with grace. Speak truth with love. Because people don't receive truth when it's not presented with grace and with love. And I just have to trust the Holy Spirit to convict them of sin, judgment, and of righteousness. There's no amount of talking a father or a mother or a parent, whoever, can do to convict anyone. It's the Holy Spirit that convicts. And if you realize that, it will save you a lot of problems in life. Wives, stop trying to convict your husband. You can't do it. Let the Holy Spirit do it. Don't be the Holy Ghost in the life of your husband. Husbands, stop trying to convict your wife. Let the Holy Spirit do it. I have come to that realization that talking about certain things is waste of time. And things that the Holy Spirit needs to do, I have to let him do it. I just have to take my hands off and trust the Holy Spirit that he has the capabilities and knows the language to speak to anyone to be convicted of sin, judgment, and of righteousness. That is a waste of my time and energy. And it's a total distraction for me to try to convict anybody without letting the Holy Spirit do his job. It's when they have been convicted and they realize and acknowledge that, that you can say something and it will make sense. Until then, anything you say can lead into conflict, fight, misunderstanding, and it can lead into unnecessary strife and unrest in the family, in the relationship. Please learn to respect and let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit and realize that you are not and I am not the Holy Spirit. Say amen. Come with me to the book of Romans 8 and 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. In the original script, he said, for as many as are led or driven or controlled by the Holy Spirit are the mature sons and daughters of God, maturity. This is talking about those who have come of age in understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and realizing that when it comes to reasonings of man, we are limited. That irrespective of how educated you and I might be in the ways of life, uh, our philosophy and our logic and argument and reasoning don't stand a chance when it comes to dealing with the Holy Spirit and the issues of life. A lot of things don't make sense in this world. So many things don't make sense. A lot of things are becoming mysteries. And we need to have the help of the Holy Spirit to go to the back end, to demystify the mysteries of life. And we need him to lead us and guide us. And the Bible said, for as many as are guided or led by the Holy Spirit are the mature sons and daughters of God. Not as many who depend on reasoning, philosophy, logic, or what makes sense. Because so many things don't make sense in this life. But with the Holy Spirit, we can make sense of the things that don't make sense. Ephesians 4, 30 and 31. And grip not the Holy Spirit of God, mm -hmm. whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness. So look at the things that grieve the Holy Spirit. He said, do not grieve the Holy Ghost. What does it mean to grieve the Holy Ghost? Sad. Don't make him sad. Anytime you are grieved, you are sad. You are sad. And he said, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You are sealed unto the day of redemption. He is the one that guarantees our redemption. He's here to make sure that we are preserved until the day of being captured when Jesus comes in the clouds of glory. And the Bible is saying that we need him as our guide. We need him as our comforter. We need him as our teacher. And therefore, let us not grieve him, but look at some of the things that grieves the Holy Spirit. Bitterness. Are you bitter? And what are you bitter about? And ladies and gentlemen, bitterness is lack of understanding. It is also carnality. Bitterness is a sense of carnality. Christians that walk and harbor bitterness are carnal Christians. You are not a spiritual Christian. Because if you understand 
the workings of God and the protocols of the Holy Spirit. Bitterness is something that you won't touch. It's a luxury you can't afford. You cannot be bitter no matter what has happened to you. I have had a lot of problems and challenges in this life. I've dealt with so many regrets, but I have refused to be bitter. I decided it's a quality decision that I will not be bitter about anything. And I know a lot. I deal with enemies. One of the things we'll be dealing with this week is strange fires within, strange fires within your walls. We want to deal with enemies within and without. Domestic and external enemies. Strange forces, evil forces, external and domestic enemies. And as long as you live, these are things you have to confront and deal with. But irrespective of all these things, I made up my mind that I will not be bitter because bitterness is one of the things that grieves the Holy Spirit. You cannot afford to be bitter. Let it go. Go ahead. Bitterness mm -hmm. and wrath. Wrath goes beyond anger. Wrath is a form of spirit of vengeance. 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 It's like a rage, a storm. You want to see somebody totally annihilated, destroyed, to prove a point. And those things grieves the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible said, vengeance is mine, and I will repay, said the Lord. Whenever you take vengeance into your hands, you are taking the place of God. Please don't play God. Don't play God in this life. Don't play God in the life of anybody. Let God deal with it. There are so many things I deal with, and I've learned after praying and doing all that I know how to, to say, Father, it's in your hands. It's in your hands. It's in your hands. I resign all my efforts. I resign trying to do it my way. It's in your hands. I trust you, Lord. Father, it hurts. It hurts. It's not fair, but it's in your hands. It's in your hands. And may I announce to you that God does a better job than you and I. Come on, somebody. It's a good place to put your hands together and praise him, somebody. Are you praising him? I'm telling you, he does a better job than you and I. But he just don't do it your way, my way, and he doesn't do it on your terms, on my terms. He does it in his own terms. And he does it in his own time. But the issue of timing is where the problem is with you and I. Because we are human. I just want to see God move right now. God do it right now. I was talking to some president friend of mine some years ago. And he said the reason why he prefers that dealing with the dark side is because the dark side, they don't play at all. They take action immediately. But God takes too long. God takes too much of time, God delays. But as for the dark side, if you go right now, no, whatever you want to perform it for you immediately, God is slow to anger. God is slow to anger. But he, he delivers. But I'm telling you, when he delivers, I've seen God deliver for me. And sometimes I have to plead for mercy. I'm telling you. I have to say, Father, mercy, mercy. I was talking to one of my bishops the other day and he was telling me about an individual that did something very, very bad to me years ago and didn't care. Had this church, did all kinds of things. And he come and said, Papa, have you heard what has happened? And I said, what? And when he told me, I said, mercy, mercy, mercy. Somebody say mercy. Come on, talk to me, say mercy, mercy, mercy. Somebody cry, say mercy. I wasn't even thinking about the guy. And when he told me what had happened, I didn't even think about saying what I said. I just heard myself saying, mercy, mercy. But it took years, but God came through for me. He said, vengeance is mine, and I will repay. I will deal with it in my own time, in my own way. I give people the benefit of the doubt. I go the extra mile with my creation. But there come a time when men hardens their heart and decides to still be wicked and to hurt others without a cause. 
I will take action, but vengeance is mine. Please don't take vengeance into your hands. When Ahithophel took vengeance into his hands because of David's wrong and sin, God turned against Ahithophel. With all his wisdom and depth and skill and counsel, on that day the Bible said, and the Lord defeated the good counsel of Ahithophel. Why? Because he was bitter. He was offended. And God said, I gifted you to protect the king and to protect leadership. This gift is not about you. It's about leadership and purpose and country. And if you use it against the very leader for which I gifted you, then I am against you, said the Lord. I'm against you. And Ahithophel hung himself and died prematurely because he couldn't deal with bitterness and with offense. He chose the path of vengeance and played God in the life of David and God was against him. Absalom did the same and God didn't spare Absalom nor Ahithophel. Please, don't play God. Don't play God in the life of anybody because none of us understand what it means to be God. Whenever you take vengeance into your hands, you are playing God. Whenever you scheme and do things to prove a point to somebody for the wrong they've done to you, you are playing God. I have had situations in life where the reputation and the lives and ministries of people that have hurt me was in my hands and I could have said one word and they would have been destroyed and I didn't say it. It hurt, but I understand too much of the things of God that I will not touch it. I just say, God, it's in your hands. I'm not touching it. Whatever the outcome is, is in your hands. You determine it. I am not touching it. I won't touch it. Lift up your right hand and say, Father, help me not to play God in life. Help me not to touch anything I have left in your hands. Amen. Now that is difficult. It's very difficult. I don't know about you, but I've been in situations where I had the opportunity to nail somebody, nail them to the cross, and I had the hammer and the nail. And I have to remember that vengeance is the Lord's and not mine. And I can't play God. And I have to put the nail and the hammer down. And after that, it was worse. Then my flesh said, you see, God delivered your enemy into your hands. You could have ended this thing. You are trying to be spiritual and a good man. Do you see what is happening to you? But I'd rather go that way. Like David had the opportunity to kill Saul. And he wouldn't touch it. He wouldn't do it. And he said, let Saul die by his own hands. Let our enemies die their own death. And let them die by their own hands and not by our hands. Akasita lumba lekutuwa hasida amayandulu kasahada abayada kutulumukuta Go ahead. And anger, 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 anger. The Bible says that anger lies in the bosom of fools. Come with me to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 9. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry. Uh -huh. Don't, 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 don't react. That's what it means. Don't react to things you hear. Don't let things stir you up. You know, to react to things you see or things you hear. There are people who have this attitude of always going to war and always fighting about anything they see wrong. And hear me, as long as you live, you will see things wrong. You will see thousand and one. If you are that kind and the enemy knows that you don't have the grace to hold yourself, but you react to everything you don't like, he will always show you something you don't like. And he will make you hear something you don't like so that he will keep 
causing and making you to react. And if you are one who don't manage your emotions and you react to everything, you will always be sick. Because that is what anger does. Go ahead. For anger resteth in the bosom of fools. Uh, tell somebody, you, you are not a fool. You are not a fool. Oh, you are not hearing me. Tell somebody, you are not a fool. I know you are not a fool. Because anytime you get angry, you become a fool. But you are not a fool. Tell somebody, I know that you, you are wise. You are wise. So you are slow to anger. You don't get angry. You, are smart, but you never get angry. You are always cool, sweet, and nice. Whether that is true or not is between you and God. I did not accuse you. Put your hands together and give God. And clamor. And clamor. You know what that is? Brawling. Fighting. Fighting. As a matter of fact, the other word for this eh, is litigants. Litigants. There are people who are litigants. You cross their path. You hurt them, you offend them, they will never forgive nor forget. They will say, eh, I will never forget what you have done to me. And I will never forgive you for what you have done to me as long as I live. Litigants, they never let things go. They keep on to things, they hold on to things, they talk and talk. Litigants, Baylor, Baylor, Daniel. I will be on Mupe and Tokwa and Tokwa and Tokwa about her. I go see ya. She. Unimbribi. Mechira opa se mi ajimai. Kwe. Mi ofe mi nake. Wawa kwe. Gama. Mie. Wawa kwe. Stop being a litigant. All those things kills and undermines your spirituality. The Holy Ghost is being grieved. Now, I don't want to go into silence, don't quench the Holy Spirit. There's a difference between grieve not the Spirit and quench not the Spirit. We'll deal with quench not. Next week, Sunday, God willing, quench not. There's a difference between grieving Him and quenching Him. Arguments argue over nothing, over everything, always arguing, trying to make people hear your point, to see your point, why? Turn to somebody and say, why, why? Maba, Maba, Aden, why should you always be right? Why should you always make your point? Go ahead. And evil speaking, evil speaking which is it, slander slander you slander people you talk behind people you eat with them you laugh with them as soon as they leave you you are talking behind them even after this message today i know some of you will slander me oh yeah, i've been preaching for 44 years i know some people will go to the car park and they will dissect put me in an MRI spiritual machine, dissect my message. Yeah. Even as I'm preaching, there are some people talking to one another. What is he trying to say? Where is he also coming from? Slanders. Do you, are you the type that talks behind people? Are you a whisperer that you whisper behind people? To put people down, hurt people, offend people. Why? When you do those things, you grieve the Holy Spirit. Be a Christian. Be a child of God. Quickly. Let these be put away from you with all malice. Let this be put away from you. Put it away. Let it go. Why? It grieves the Spirit. It makes the Holy Spirit sad. Just as you can make your wife sad and cold, or your husband sad and cold, or a loved one or a friend sad and cold, the Holy Spirit has feelings. And these are things he doesn't expect from you and I. 
He expects that will be better than this. Living above reproach. Living above some of these elements of the fallen nature of man. Not letting and allowing emotions and self to control and to, demand, to, to determine our behaviors. You know, there are people who rejoice at the head of others. There are people who are always talking about other people's business and always want to know what is new in town, what is being said, what's going on, what's happening. They always want to know. And there are people, if you want to know whatever is going on in this country, in the secret places of people, if you ask them, they'll tell you they know everything. Hey, there's this particular guy. I haven't invited him to see me for some time now. When he comes around, by the time he leaves, I'm afraid. As soon as he leaves, my heart is beating. I'm scared. He would download some information. Papa, so you don't know this? Papa, I know things. Oh. I know things. Papa, as for you, you should know things. Oh. You shouldn't just be ignorant. You should know things. And I said, like what? Then he started downloading. Down, I, are you listening? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm listening. He got to a time I realized, actually, this guy, eh, if I don't stop listening to him, I won't have peace. Because by the time he finished downloading those information, and when he leaves, I have to make some calls to start checking everything. And when I check it, it doesn't come close to anything like what he's saying. And I just realized, actually, this guy, eh, he has an anointing of downloading things that would make you panic. I don't know about you, but I, I deal with people like that. They make you panic. And there are some prophets who deal with the prophetic. By the time they finish giving you the revelation of the Lord, hey, you plead the blood of Jesus. Remember, Lord, when you were on the cross and how you said, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabbatan. Jesus, remember when you hung the cross. Remember when you went to the grave. Remember, Lord, you, you start praying all kinds of prayers. By the time you finish yelling their prophecy, there are people anointed like that. You know what? I have too many things to deal with today, so let me stop here. And uh, next week we'll go into some other things. We, I want us to look at divine editing. Divine editing. Because without the Holy Spirit, honest to God, it's difficult to forgive and forget without the Holy Spirit. And I'm just telling you because it has taken the Holy Spirit over the years for me to forgive and to forget. And today, there are things I can talk about and I don't feel pain anymore because I prayed it out and I've allowed the Holy Spirit by praying in tongues for many hours to edit them from my subconsciousness so that even when it comes out, I don't feel pain and I don't react and I can laugh over it. I pray that you come to that place, and I know you can. Come to the place where the Holy Spirit can help you to edit some of those things that brings pain, that gives you, so that you'll be one that don't harbor iniquity. For David said, if I harbor iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Stand. I want us, I want us to pray with Daniel, the seventh chapter, the 25th and 26th verse. Daniel chapter 7, verse 25 and 26. I want us to deal with any attempt of the enemy to manipulate our timing. Our timing. I told you that it was raining, but the water or the rain was not touching the people and it wasn't hitting the ground. And it's a form of wastage, missing our timing. So even though it's raining and it looks like we are doing well, there is no proof, there is no manifestation, there is no testimony. We can't keep serving God without a testimony. We must have a testimony. And within these 72 hours, 
Let there be testimonies in this house. Let there be testimonies in our families and in our businesses. A testimony of the faithfulness of God. A testimony of the goodness and of the mercies of God. Say amen. amen. This rain and outpouring must touch you and I. It must touch the ground. And the fact that it's raining but it's not touching us and the ground, it means that there is a disconnect. It means that there is an unseen barrier between us and the blessing. There is something that is holding on to the manifestation of our dreams and expectations. And we need to break unseen barriers and let the rain touch us and let the rain touch the ground. I want us to be wet in the spirit. Are you hearing me, somebody? I want the rain and the outpouring to hit us, to reach us, that we get wet and the whole ground is wet and fertile for our seed and for our harvest. For it to rain and not touch us and the ground is an injustice. Let every injustice be broken in the name of Jesus. Let every wickedness be broken in the name of Jesus. Said amen. Say amen. Look at this scripture. There is something there. Reading from the English Standard Version. Mm -hmm. He shall speak words against the Most High. Yeah. And shall wear out the saints of the Most High. You see that word, wear out. Please note that word, wear out. You know what that is? Battle weary spirit. So you become battle weary. Like what I was talking about DTV, for almost a week now, we are off the air. Every other channel is on. We brought the best of engineers. We are in touch with Europe. We are in touch with South Africa. We are in touch with the US. We're doing everything. And just when they are so close, they find some technical error. It's a manipulation and it's a mystery that must be demystified and I'm commanding it to be demystified right now. And any, any evil outcome, let it be overturned in the name of Jesus. Then, just this morning, I had a call. One of our cameras that we used to stream with, because we have different cameras, it just caught fire. Suddenly, this morning. Then the main equipment we use for streaming to get our services from here on live across to the nation just develop a technical problem and it's not working. So now they have to find another way to get us online through my Facebook. These are reactions. It's something to weary you, to make you faint, fatigue tired, give up, quit. But we refuse to quit. We refuse to give up. We will not be weary. We will not be tired. We will not be fatigued. In the name of Jesus. Go ahead, look. To think to change the times and the law. You see, he will think. He can't. But he will attempt. That word means in the original he said, he will attempt to change the time and the law. That is why it's raining, but it's not touching us or the ground. You know what that means? There is a manipulation about the timing. Say manipulation. About the timing. A brother in Lagos, Nigeria, lost his business. He was struggling. For whatever reason, things weren't moving. Then a friend in the church talked to a business partner and said, listen, there's this good guy in my church. He's very, very good, useful. Can you find him something to do? And he said, he was traveling, so tell him to come to his office at 10 in the morning. The guy's office was somewhere in Victoria Island. For those of you who know Lakers, this guy lives somewhere in Ikeja. He left the house five in the morning. He doesn't have a car to try and get there before 10. Any vehicle he used, there was a problem, breakdown. Then he has to come out, run, 
walked through the traffic from Ikeja. He got there two hours late. He got there two hours late. The guy had left. And apparently, that is what happens anytime there is something good happening or anything good. Ah. You see what is happening? Did you notice what just happened? You know what happened? The lights, power just went off. <coughs> Church, are you hearing me? Listen, I'm telling you. You see, if you don't go to the back end with the coat to enter in and check what is going, you would think that old oh, is one of those. It's not one of those things. Somebody is angry because they see your glory coming. Somebody has seen your breakthrough. Somebody can tell that you are close. You are closer to your breakthrough than you believe. Tell somebody, you. Point your finger. Tell somebody, you. You are closer to your breakthrough and your blessing than when you believe. So somebody is upset. Somebody is angry. And you know who is angry? We call them familiar spirits. They are spirits that are familiar to our family. They know your in and out. Your, they know things about us. So they are familiar spirits and they are monitoring spirits. They are monitoring you. They know you are very close. And listen, to weary us, he will ascend and to change times and the law. And they Let shall be. not, I pray, eh? say, I will not miss my timing. I will not miss my timing. The Bible said, and of the sons of Issachar, who were men that understood the times, knew what, if you miss your timing, the miracle will come, but you won't be there. There was a lady, true story in America. She was believing God for a child. She fasted, she prayed for many years. And there was a particular service. The pastor was praying for those for the fruit of the womb. As he was praying, an angel of the Lord came with babies. That very day, for whatever reason, the lady refused to come to church. She didn't come. And the angel went giving babies to people. Then he had a baby with the lady's name on it. And the angel looked all over the place. He couldn't find the lady. So he went back with the baby and opened the eyes of one of the elders to see what was going on. So the elder saw it. And called the lady after and said, where were you? She said, I didn't feel like coming to church today. I was so down and discouraged. I decided to stay home. I pray that in the day of your blessing, you will not miss it. Did you hear what I said? And what the reason for, one of the reasons for this fast is that this rain is raining and pouring heavy in the spirit. But it's not reaching us, nor the ground. It means that the enemy is manipulating our timing for us to miss it. But I declare by the blood of Jesus that we will not miss it. We will not miss it. We will not miss it. We bind the manipulation. We break the manipulation. You will not miss it. I will not miss it. This house will not miss it. Open your mouth, somebody. Pray. Push it, push it, push it. You are being too nice. The enemy is not nice at all. He's wicked. He's aggressive. He's not holding back. Come on and break through. Pray that this week, the blessing, the rain, will reach every one of us. In the name of Jesus. Pray that prayer right now. Lift up prayer, lift up prayer. Get aggressive. You are being too nice. You are being too nice. I can't hear you. I can't hear you.
hear me? Go to Daniel chapter 7 verse 18. Say, without fail. I can't hear you. Say, without fail. I will possess my possessions without fail. Say, this time around, by the grace of God, I will not be denied. Say, I will not miss it. Not this time around. Say, this time around, by the grace of God, I will possess my possession. The reign of the blessing will reach me and touch the land and make my land fertile for a great harvest. In the name of Jesus. Look at it, quickly, look at it. By the saints of the Most High shall. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. King James. Hear me. There is a time for everything. And that is what the enemy wants us to miss. In Ecclesiastes, the Bible said, there is time for everything. A time to be born. A time to die. A time to build. And a time to tear down. A time to plant. And a time to reap. If you are trying, ladies and gentlemen, to reap at a time to sow, you will miss it. And if you are trying to tear down at a time to build, you miss it. Say timing. Talk to me. Say divine timing. Right now, this is very serious because you see some of you, eh, you are so close to a major turnaround that you can't miss it. Hear me? I want those of you who can do a dry fast only on water for 72 hours. You have that kind of grace. Come forward. Those of you who can do just on water for three days, come forward. There are some among us who has grace to do that. Come quickly. Come quickly. Come, Bishop. Come. Come forward. Maintain the social distance, but come. There are some who can do three days on water. No food on water. Come. Come. And there are others who can also do fruits. No food, but on fruits. Come forward. On fruits. On fruits. For three days, come forward. Then all the others, all the others, I place a demand on you to do six to four or six to six. Everybody else. According to what the grace of God has enabled you Come. This is a very serious thing because some of the things that I've been talking to people in this church, in other churches, who were loaded and they tell me, Papa, you have to pray because nothing is making sense. I was doing with this particular part. He said, Papa, I have all these houses, apartments I'm selling. People come and they see it and they commit themselves and they disappear. I call and they don't pick, they don't return my calls and it doesn't make sense. Some even give a check and they'll call back and say, don't present the check, it will bounce. And they investigate some of them and the money, the person has the money, but they have changed their mind. Today, let this wickedness come to an end. Where is Bishop? Let the wickedness come to an end. Put this scripture, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end. Eh? Psalm 7 verse 9, look at it. Okay. You see this scripture? Tell somebody, this is wickedness. Yeah. This blessing of the rain, that means the blessing is available, but it's not reaching us for whatever reason. It's there. And it means you are so close, but something is blocking you. Let the blockade be removed. 
Let the obstacle be removed. Let this wickedness come to an end. Open your mouth. Put your hands together. One minute. Pray that the wickedness will come to an end. Just pray that prayer. One more prayer. You know, one of our members in one of our branches gave us an acre of land in a very strategic position, place in the city to build one of our branches. We have many branches in the city. And he came to see me. He said, Papa, it doesn't make sense. From the day he gave the land to the church, he had a dream. And in the dream, he saw this entity. And the spirit said, eh, so you've gone to bring action people here, eh? You want action people to come and fight us? Okay, we'll see. From that day, everything has gone crazy. Some people from nowhere have come to forcefully take his land of which he has owned, has all his titles and everything. They have dug a hole, blocked the road to the land he gave us, put sandstones, and are determined to build on the plot he gave to the church to build. Somebody say reactions. Say conspiracies. Say in the name of Jesus. We overturn reactions, conspiracies right now. Put your hands together. Deal with it. Jesus' name we pray and let the people of God say Amen. For those of you who came forward, may God empower you to perform this function to the glory of, your, of his name. Amen. God bless you. Please take your seats. Thank you very much. Let's put our hands together. Thank God for the life of the Archbishop. Hosea chapter 2 that you were blessed by that message and we look forward to sharing God's word with you once again. For more information on this and many other Action Chapel International products and messages, you may visit our Dominion Bookshop located on the premises of Action Chapel, Spintex Road. Or you may call our offices on 030-701-1851. Or you may also visit us online at www.actionchapel.net. Once again, thank you for joining us today. And may your life continue to be changed in God's presence.